Done with frizz? Say goodbye to that poof. Repel humidity and tame those flyaways. One drop, frizz stops with John Frieda Frizzy Serum. Your hair talks and frizz never interrupts. John Frieda Frizzy Serum. One drop, frizz stops. Only from John Frieda. Want to make your blonde blonde? Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection by John Frieda lightens and brightens hair to full shades to give you your best blonde every day. Your hair talks. Make a statement with Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection. Only from John Frieda. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to an October 24th NBA Eve edition of the Locked On Blazers Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com, and the former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back. Um, the season is here. It's it, it's great. Um, I'm so excited uh, that uh, we finally will have some real basketball to talk about here soon. I'm very excited that I'll be going to uh, the game on... Tuesday, uh, and uh, the Blazers game against the Utah Jazz, which will be going on uh, as one of three games on the NBA's opening night schedule. The first, of course, uh, will be the ring ceremony in Cleveland, where LeBron James and Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving and company will get their um, rings <laughs> from, from from the NBA, and uh, after their three-one uh, comeback last season against the Golden State Warriors, and then uh, the Blazers play at seven against the Utah Jazz, and then at seven thirty, um, the Golden State Warriors will play. And for some reason, I am blanking. Oh, they play the Spurs. Uh, they play the San Antonio Spurs. I was blanking for a moment on who the Warriors were playing, but it came back to me. They were playing the San Antonio Spurs. So, uh, But the Blazers are part of the opening night slate for the NBA. So uh, you will be able to, uh, you know, you won't have to wait through uh, too many other games to, to finally watch the Blazers. Um, and it, it, this is... Um, you know, they they usually schedule it like this. You know, this is um, an important game. You know, they either, either will do an important game or a, a game with popular teams. Um, and in the case of the Blazers and the Jazz, both teams that um, are expected to kind of step into the void of Oklahoma City. Um, I think um, a lot of folks think that um, although the, the, the GMs in the NBA apparently think that Oklahoma City – um, is going to have enough firepower to um, stay atop uh, the division and be the best team uh, and finish with the highest seed of all those teams, Utah, Portland, uh, Denver, uh, Minnesota. Um, and uh, so that's what all the GMs thought. But I think, you know, a lot of people look to the Blazers and the Jazz as teams that could step in to um, 
you know, into the lead in the Northwest Division and a team that could vault themselves into the top tier of the Western Conference, vault themselves into the conversation for a, um, you know, for a deep run in the playoffs, you know, not just winning around, you know, depending, you know, I, I, I think after the Spurs, I mean, not after the Spurs, excuse me, after the Clippers, I really think that it's wide open. Um, you know, the Spurs are going to be without Danny Green now for three weeks, making, as Danny LaRue put it when he was on the podcast, when we had our joint Locked On Warriors, Locked On Blazers episode on Friday, that the Spurs are going to be playing with, you know, several bad defenders, and Kawhi Leonard will be the, you know, not several bad defenders. They just don't have any really great defenders. I think Aldridge can play defense, but he's not a guy that's going to turn your defense one way or another. I think he's just solid. Um, you know, he's played great defense before, but he's just never been that consistent at it. Um, and I think he's always in the right place, but I don't know if it's necessarily what's going to, you know, cover up for the fact that they're going to be very, I think they're going to be weak on the perimeter, um, without Danny Green, now that they have, um, Kawhi Leonard there in the fold. Um, but, uh, you know, if you feel any certain type of way about that, you know, I'm sure you can, um, or, or any games coming up in this opening week here, um, you know, are, are, do, obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you love, um, basketball, you love the NBA and, uh, I think you should get into the action and check out betdsi.com. And it's been uh, the top-rated uh, online betting business for over 20 years. Uh, has, you know, uh, great basketball specials right now. If you sign up today, uh, you get $10 and try their free service. And, you know, BetDSI is offering 100% bonus on your first deposit. And they have great customer service. Uh, fast and easy payment of your winnings and there's tons of football you know specials tons of basketball specials UFC um, yeah you can even uh, wager on the election if, if, if you want um, and bet DSI even has in-game live wagering on all football and basketball and other major sporting events and you can virtually play everything you know that you would want you can place a bet on pretty much anything that you would want at uh, betdsi.com so whether you have a feeling about a certain game or a team uh, that maybe you disagree with me agree with me who knows but uh, you can uh, you can uh, put some money where your mouth is over at uh, betdsi.com and uh, go there now and best of all uh, my listeners uh, you can get to, to get that um, you know free ten dollar bonus um, you use promo code blazers 10 that's the number 10 one zero. So blazers 10, uh, and you get your free wager and start winning today. But, um, now that we're, uh, here and ready, you know, the season is is upon us. It's going to start tomorrow. Um, and the blazers have a big game. Um, and I think, you know, they caught a break. Uh, I think they definitely caught a break. I think it's, um, you know, not controversial to say that um, when Gordon Hayward broke a finger and, um, you know, that caused him to miss uh, 
you know, the first game, uh, you know, first few games of the season, he's going to be out for a few weeks, you know, may not um, end up costing him a playoff spot. Like, I don't think Danny Green being out for a while is going to cost the Spurs a playoff spot, but it could cost them a seed. And I think that the loss of Hayward, you know, could loom large later in the season when, you know, if the the Jazz are unable to kind of hang in there and rack up the wins in the interim while they wait for Hayward to get back uh, to full strength and be able to play and be able to not only play but be, you know, their go-to guy in crunch time, their guy who they go to in the clutch. And the Blazers don't have to worry about that. So I do, I wonder, I'm really curious to see, you know, in this game, you know, what the, what the Jazz throw out there and, and, and what the Blazers do. Because I think um, without Hayward, you know, I think you can, you know, be a little bit more creative uh, with some of your lineups offensively because I think, you know, the, the Jazz aren't a great offensive team. I know they added offensive talent. They added George Hill from Indiana. They added Boris Diaw. They added Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson started against the Blazers um, in the last preseason game in Salt Lake City. Um, but, you know, they have Gobert. Uh, Derek Favors, um, who has had problems with staying healthy uh, for a lot of his career, uh, didn't practice over the weekend. So, um, you know, we're not sure uh, what his status is going to be. I would guess that he's going to play. I would guess they're just being cautious, but uh, you never know with him and because he's he has not been able to play a lot of times. And, you know, they have Gobert, they have Favors. Uh, when the Blazers played them in the preseason, they went small trying to get favors out in space uh, against some of their quick, you know, their quicker forwards that sometimes, you know, play up like Harkless. Um, and, and so, um, and, and I think a lot of times too, when these two teams match up, that um, Alfred Camino does a really good job of dogging Hayward, you know, for the whole game. And I think that um, Aminu um, his effectiveness against Hayward is huge. I, I, I think that, um, you know, the defense for the Blazers can be even stronger. You know, it's going to be really hard for them to score, I think, because I think, you know, even when these two teams play at full strength, I think Aminu does a pretty good job of guarding Hayward, although, you know, Hayward's, you know, an all-star caliber player and still going to get his points when he they do play, when he is healthy. But, um, you know, depending on who they have in there, you know, it could be pretty difficult uh, for the the Jazz to, you know, reliably find baskets. I mean, I think they have a lot of smart basketball players that will help them get through this time that they didn't necessarily have last season. By adding veterans like George Hill, Joe Johnson, Boris Diaw, you kind of ensure that your team just has a, a base of knowledge of how to play, how to move the ball, and even if you're not running, you know, set plays, you have guys out there that know how to make smart basketball decisions, that know have been there in these situations and can play well in the chaos that sometimes happens, that often happens in uh, an NBA game. And so um, I, I think the Jazz are going to provide, um, you know, a challenge for the Blazers in this in this opening night matchup. I think they have... 
some size that can really bother the Blazers. I think the Blazers have more versatile big men uh, that they can put in there, um, you know, to kind of uh, stretch the the big men for the Jazz out. But I think the Jazz have uh, they they have big men that are more gifted on the interior that can finish with their right. They can finish, you know, you know, I'm not, you know, they, they, they can finish a little bit down there, but they're better at blocking shots. You know, uh, favors is pretty good down in the post with both hands. Um, Gobert is getting better down in the post finishing. Um, you know, he's still pretty much just a dunker, but, uh, he is just such a good rebounder that he can create offense in that way, just by how big he is. And, you know, the Blazers are really going to have their hands full in the front court, even though their guys um, have looked good in, in the preseason so far. And I think that Noah Vonley, although Myers Leonard was signed to a four-year deal worth $40 million, in the preseason, Noah Vonley has looked really solid and it has looked aggressive defensively in a way that the Blazers are not as a collective. And I think having that added nastiness, athleticism could really benefit them, especially in a matchup against a team like the Utah Jazz. Derek Favors, if he plays, is a monster. Boris Diaw, even though he's known for his passing, his finesse, his dribbling, He's a pretty physical guy, can move guys down around the basket. And having a guy like Vonley is kind is the ultimate type of I think true antidote to a player like Diao, who may not be the most athletic, who is not that athletic. And if you have Vonley you know, going up against and fighting him for rebounds and jumping up high and, and really forcing D out a battle down there. You know, I think that could really wear him down, really be uncomfortable for Boris Diaw. And I think he would be much more comfortable trying to deal with the finesse type of offensive game that Myers Leonard is playing. Not to say that Myers Leonard is ineffective, but I think that in this situation, I think having a, a player that's, more athletic that can be a little bit more bothersome on the glass on both sides of the ball. Who's a little bit better of a post-up player. And I think also in terms of Diaw, I think right now it's not Myers's fault because his shoulder is still not healthy, but I think as a post defender right now, I think I like Vonley a little bit more. I think that Myers still needs some time to build that strength back up. I, when you read, I don't know if any of you read the piece about Kevin Love in Sports Illustrated uh, by Lee Jenkins, but it explained in there that Kevin Love was a little skinnier than normal last season because he wasn't able to lift because of his shoulder surgery. And now I don't know to the letter the restrictions of the workouts that Leonard was or wasn't able to do. But Kevin Love is a big man, plays the same position, performs a lot of the functions that I think the Blazers would like Myers Leonard to perform. And 
even more probably because Leonard is a center. Who knows what type of restrictions they had on him in terms of lifting weights. And so perhaps he's not that strong enough right now to guard on the defensive end. And perhaps Vonley is a better option right now. But, uh, and I, and I think also too, that, that Stotts played Vonley against the Warriors was interesting, but don't want to judge Stotts right now on the preseason rotation. However, often in his tenure as Blazers head coach, the last game of the regular season has sometimes been an indicator of what the rotation is heading into the regular season. I think one example that pops into my head immediately was when Joel Freeland was in the rotation and came off the bench in the preseason and played. And Stotts hasn't made any announcements about the rotation, but I think that we can say that the way that Vonley has played has made it a plausible scenario that perhaps Myers Leonard is not the starting or not the starter, excuse me, but the, the immediate, uh, you know, kind of six man, big man, third, big off the bench, second, big, what have you, uh, despite the four year, $40 million contract, $41 million contract, excuse me. So, um, will be really interesting to watch that, uh, right now because, uh, if Vonley keeps playing like this, and and he really merits playing time. He's the type of player, if he continues to shoot the three with confidence the way he has been, if he continues to dribble the ball with confidence and post up with confidence and defend and rebound the ball, then that, you know, <laughs> it really creates a situation where you want to get him 20 minutes a game and what do you do? So um, that's something I, I, I'm really interested to watch for as kind of a subplot to the Blazers right now is what their big big man rotation is on opening night and how how they approach the Jazz and the Clippers later on this week and how they use their pieces. I think that's going to be a story for the Blazers all season long. And I think we still don't even know really where the, where the Jazz are going. Uh, you know, Dante Exum is still coming back from an ACL injury. I don't think he's going to start. Joe Johnson started against the Blazers in the preseason game. Uh, you know, they have George Hill, um, who's in there, who's going to be their starting point guard. They have Favors. They have Gobert. They have Rodney Hood. And, and Rodney Hood is a, is a very solid player. Uh, very tough to stop in the pick and roll. Really... Uh, am an admirer of his game, the way that he can create off the dribble and is, is really a problem for teams has been a problem for Portland sometimes. And I wouldn't look into it too much that he's, you know, pretty big. I, I just do think that the Blazers guards, you know, just by their sheer ability to score really can just put pressure on, any any backcourt, no matter how tall they are, and while Hood being tall is a major plus for him and his career and for the Jazz in general, I think um, you know it doesn't in any way. I don't, I don't necessarily think that that is going to be a you know a major thing that's going to put them over the top. And I think the Jazz as a whole are uh, a little bit deeper this year, so I, I expect a, a good game uh, on Tuesday night at the Moda Center. 
for the the season opener, despite the fact that the Jazz do not have Gordon Hayward uh, for a couple of weeks. The Blazers made their final cuts. We briefly talked about that on Friday night with Danny LaRue. To recap it, maybe uh, give it a little bit more time just to understand uh, the apparent reasoning as I understand it for the Blazers' choice. They decided to keep Tim Quarterman, the rookie guard from LSU. They waived Grant Jarrett and Greg Steensma, who played significantly more than Quarterman throughout the regular throughout the preseason. Perhaps that was just due to the fact that the Blazers have a ton of guards. They wanted to get Shabazz Napier time. They wanted to get Pat Connaughton time. They wanted to get all these guys some time. I think they wanted to look at Luis Montero for a little bit before eventually letting him go. And it seems all the reports are that, you know, he works really hard in practice, um, gets along a lot with, with, with the guards on the team. Uh, and so, uh, and also I think too, just watching him, not necessarily based off any, you know, his performance. I just think his profiles, you know, seeing him play within, you know, on the court for a little while, he's got pretty long arms. He can, he has point guard skills, but he's long enough to potentially make a difference defensively, you know, and that, that could be a type of player that can help the Blazers. And I think it's just also good in terms of an emergency player because, well, I think it's great that they have Shabazz Napier in an emergency scenario if, say, Lillard or McCollum are out for a period of time. I think it's good to have a guy like Quarterman, who's a little bit bigger than Shabazz Napier, in the fold, who can potentially step in there, play some minutes, and give the Blazers a little bit more length and just a little bit more, um, a little bit more to work with, a little bit more margin for error defensively. And, uh, and so I, I, yeah, I think that the quarterman signing kind of helps them there. Uh, I thought Jarrett, I thought, really had the inside track from just watching the Blazers. Um, but, uh, you know, he was really intriguing as kind of a stretch forward. He was making some shots. I, kinda, I made some comparisons to Anthony Tolliver, which, you know, he's a guy that played in the D-League that eventually made his way to the NBA has has made a pretty decent career for himself. So it wasn't like a, an outlandish prediction, but uh, the Blazers decided to go with more guard depth, and I can't blame them because they don't need more bigs. They already don't have enough room for all of them. They already are playing a lot of small ball. They're going to be playing Moharkless a lot at four, I think. I think they're already starting, they're starting to meet him at four. And, you know, I, I really think that they don't. They just don't need that many big men, and so it was really Jarrett. I think, although he was a three earlier in his career, I think is really more of a four in today's NBA. So Quarterman uh, stays, and the Blazers are also going to start Mo Harkless at three. So uh, that's right. I don't know if you've been listening uh, to the podcast. But uh, I think Lockdown Blazers has been on the corner of this starting lineup for, for quite some time of Lillard, McCollum, Harkless, Aminu, and Plumley. So uh, the Blazers look to bring Evan Turner off the bench. So they're going to use him kind of like the Boston Celtics did, which everyone said 
Uh, last year was the best thing to do. Uh, they're going to have Turner and Crab, CJ McCollum. Uh, it looks like Noah Vonley, Ed Davis, Myers Leonard, perhaps. They're going to have a lot of guys they can throw out there against any team. Uh, but the, the starting lineup is, is going to be Mo Harkless. Um, and then, you know, off the bench for the Jazz as well um, in, the, in, in this game, uh, Trey Lyles I really like. Joe Ingles also uh, a player that I like. And, and Alec Burks, uh, a player who ha- has had some injury troubles but, um, you know, has a really nice profile. And then you also have Dante Exum. Uh, so uh, lots of guys to look for. Um, and, and since this is kind of the time uh, before the uh, start of the season, I, I, I think I want to uh, give some I – don't, I don't know why I'm going to do this to myself, but I'm going to make some playoff predictions um, and uh, just say that I think the Jazz are going to be a playoff team. But uh, I think I'm gonna the, the Western Conference. I, my Western Conference standings are as follows. Uh, number one, I've got Golden State. Uh, they're over under sixty six and a half. I think they're gonna get the over. I just think they're gonna be so hard to stop. Watching them the other night against the Blazers was uh, really uh, incredible and a sign that they're gonna be really tough to stop. And uh, then number two, I have the Clippers at fifty three and a half. I take the over. I think the Clippers are gonna be solid. I think they will be good this year. I. Uh, of course, this is, uh, you know, thinking that they're going to stay healthy, but um, I think that uh, they will be really solid. Um, and I think uh, the Blazers, I think, you know, call me a homer if you want, um, but I think the Blazers uh, at 46 and a half, I think at the over, I actually have them third. I think that they could finish ahead of San Antonio. I think San Antonio, um, you know, I have a lot of respect for them. It's not that I don't think that their coaching staff is good enough, but I just don't know maybe if their talent is there and if, you know, that extra intangible that they had with Tim Duncan on the team. I know Duncan is involved with the team, but I think that intangible that they had with Duncan on the team, um, you know, may not be there. And so I'm curious to see, and the LaMarcus Aldridge rumblings are a little concerning. And so um, I think that the Blazers – you know, have a good, I'm going to pick them ahead of them. I've been on this corner. I'm just going to own this take and uh, it's a little hot, but I think the Spurs will be uh, below the Blazers uh, in in the standings. I think the Spurs are going to be fourth. uh, And I think I'm going to take the under on 56 and a half. uh, And then uh, the Jazz fifth, who the Blazers play on opening night. I have the Thunder at sixth. um, And I have the Jazz or the the Rockets, excuse me, at seven, and I have Minnesota making the playoffs at eight. Uh, then nine through fifteen, I have nine Memphis, ten Dallas, eleven Phoenix. I think I like the over on Phoenix. Uh, I think Phoenix will be a good bad team. Uh, and then Denver at twelve, Pelicans thirteen. I don't like the you know the health situation. It's unfortunate. Um, you know with with Anthony Davis and then Drew Holiday and his wife Lauren Holiday. Um, uh, who was having surgery, but it sounds like, you know, things went well with the surgery. And then, um, uh, the Lakers at 14 and the Kings at 15, I think the Kings are going to be the worst team in the league. Uh, you know, they need to get a point guard. And, uh, I just don't think that that's a good situation, uh, unfortunately for DeMarcus Cousins. So, and in the East, uh, I've got, uh, Cleveland, Boston, Toronto, Atlanta. I like, uh, Dwight Howard to have a bounce back year. Uh, and then Indiana at five, Charlotte at six, 
Washington at seven. I like Miami. Miami this year reminds me a little bit of Portland last year. Um, You know, Whiteside as the kind of young star proving his worth as the number one guy. Uh, Young guys like Justice Winslow. They have a veteran in Goran Dragic, which is a little different, and they may trade him. But I like Josh Richardson if once he gets healthy, um, and I like the culture with Miami. I just like that they're a steady program. I think they've been good. I think Eric Spolster is a good coach. I know they lost an assistant Dave Fisdale to Memphis, but I think, I think Miami, um, I think Miami. There's, there's just something about it, and I, and I like Dion Waiters um, in that role right now in, in on a team of a bunch of guys that they and and I think Miami, you know. Of course, you know, people say that they would like to tank because, you know, they, they got rid they're getting rid of Chris Bosch and, and all those things. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think um, Pat Riley's too competitive for that. And I think that he knows that at the end of the day, the quickest way to make Miami relevant to free agents again is to win. And I think that um, I think the Heat, you know, will have a chance to make the playoffs this year. And that's just that's just my um Totally speculative uh, take. So uh, Miami, I think, is going to make the playoffs. And then I have Detroit missing the playoffs. Reggie Jackson injury I don't like. Uh, Milwaukee, same thing. Chris Middleton injury. That hurts them a lot. They're starting Tony Snell. Nobody ever got anywhere starting Tony Snell. So uh, then Chicago, um, I don't like the fact that they have negative shooting on their team. If they can get a trade, for, for some shooting, maybe I like that, but I think Chicago is going to miss the playoffs. I would take the under on that. New York, I think they're going to miss the playoffs. Orlando, I don't like how that talent meshes together. I liked that trade for Ibaka in a vacuum, but then they kind of lost me with the Biombo thing. I like Aaron Gordon playing the three, so um, I think they're going to be 13th in the in the East. Then I have Philly at 27.5, though um, Joel Embiid is going to be fun. I think they're probably not going to get to that number. And then Brooklyn, uh, tw- uh, you know, I, I don't think Brooklyn – I mean, Brooklyn's basically – the ringer said it the other day. They're kind of an expansion team, uh, except Brooke Lopez is really, really good. Um, Brooke Lopez uh, could probably win 10 games by himself uh, this season. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe they won't be that bad. But, you know, someone has to lose that many games. Um, so – uh, and I think uh, we're all fair to assume that Brooklyn could be one of those teams. Uh, they're trying to get all Spursy. They got uh, Sean Marks as their GM. Their new head coach is a former Hawks, G, uh, former Hawks assistant coach. Former, you know, and the Hawks are basically emulating the Spurs. So, um, yeah, they're going to try and be kind of Spurs-like. So they're going to be playing lots of team basketball. They're going to be trying to instill some kind of culture even though they're not going to have a draft pick or anything like that. So um, the Nets are going to be interesting to watch. But um, so there's my type of, uh, you know, NBA, um, you know, uh, outlook as a preview since uh, the season is is almost here uh, and we won't be able to, at least now I will have a, a place to point to and then you will also have a place to point to when I'm wrong. Uh, of where I stood on on certain teams entering the season, so that way you know, you know, if I if I say one thing or another throughout the season, uh, whether I'm just blowing smoke or not. But uh, I'm so excited. The Blazers play the Jazz on Tuesday tomorrow. It's it's going to be so lit. The Blazers' new court has all those fancy LED lights. It's going to stand out. 
And I think Damian there's a lot of Damian Lillard MVP talk right now. Uh, he came out and talked about it. Um, there's lots of Damian Lillard vibes right now. You know, he just dropped that album. So uh, would, would be surprised if Damian Lillard didn't come out and have a pretty solid game uh, in, in game one. But George Hill is on the Jazz, and he is a pretty solid defender. So um, the Blazers are a deep team, and I, and I think that this game is going to be good, even though the Jazz are without Gordon Hayward. So uh, look back here. Um, you know, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep checking in throughout the week. The Blazers play the Jazz. We will have some kind of report after that uh, from from that game. Uh, and the Blazers also play the Clippers later on in the week. So uh, tune in to Locked On Blazers. Subscribe to us on iTunes if you're listening to us on FanRag Sports. Thank you for listening. And subscribe to this podcast on uh, iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn FM, on Google Play, anywhere you can get a podcast. Subscribe where, wherever your podcast listening uh, is done. You can subscribe to Locked On Blazers through there, audioboom.com, uh, where we host it. Uh, is also a place you can get it. And follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunnarsson for uh, my tweets and, and takes and reports. Uh, so uh, things that I write occasionally. So, uh, yeah, uh, look back here for another episode of Locked on Blazers. And we'll be back later on in the week. Uh, happy basketball. <laughs>